Holy Spirit, take over and, um, and bless your heart. Um, man, Jesus is amazing. Wasn't prayer wonderful? Wasn't it awesome? And, oh, man, my God, my King, man, he is the living God. Man, he is the living God. We do not worship any idols. We do not come here for religion, but we come here to meet with the King of Kings, and that is what happened today. We met with him. He showed up. He rocked us. He revealed some things, and and he's going to keep revealing to us. All right. Some of you guys know this already. I already shared it, but a lot of you don't. So I'm going to share my a dream that I had um, a couple, two days ago. All right. So I'm big on dreams. I love dreams, and I pray for them all the time. You guys know this. So in this dream that I had two nights ago, I was in my parents' house, and it was all my immediate family, and it was a beautiful, clear day outside. And all of a sudden, I see this pickup truck, like, at the end of my block, and out of nowhere, this huge wind brings it, takes it up into the sky. This is real stuff, man, in my dream. Takes it up, and then brings it crashing down right in front of my house. And, and I start screaming hysterically. And, and I just start crying and yelling. I'm like, no, no. Like, you know, like you would see in the movies? Like, that's the kind of scream that it was. It was just this terrifying, terrifying um, thing that I just witnessed. And my family runs. They're like, what is that? What is that? Why are you screaming like that? And I was like, no, no. Because, like, this panic had just taken over me. And, and in the dream, like, this storm was coming out of nowhere that we were not expecting. Nobody knew. It was a beautiful day outside. And all of a sudden it was coming and nobody was prepared for it. There wasn't like, you know, news, nothing, nothing. Nobody knew about it. And all of a sudden this huge storm was coming. And we knew that this was trouble and we knew that the same way that truck went up in the air, we were going to go up in the air too. And so it was terrifying. And instantly, like that, I was covered in darkness. Darkness, pitch black. Like I could not see anything in front of me. And and I was scared and I was terrified in this dream. And all I could think was, no, no, Jesus, they're not ready. They're not ready, Jesus. They're not ready. And it was a really, it was, the thing was that in this dream, it was, it was, I was saying, Lord, I'm not ready either. I was not ready to go. I was not ready to meet Jesus. I was not ready to go. And and it, it was it was so scary. It was it was terrifying. And and I and I was thinking about this dream last night, and it just brought me to tears. It, it just it broke me last night because there's so many people in my life, and so many people that I know that are just not ready. Like the prayer that we had today, man, that rocked me because it's the same. It's it's Jesus, you know, it's one spirit, and I'm feeling it, you know, like, and the message, and this morning, and, oh, man, God is amazing. And there's so many people that do not know Jesus. They do not know Jesus, and if he were to come right now, this instant, how many people, how many friends and family members and coworkers and are not going to heaven, will not make it. And I believe that the Lord was showing me, was giving me a glimpse 
of this, of, of just being in darkness and being scared and being able to think but not being able to see anything around me and, and not being able to act or do anything. Like, I just could not move in this darkness. And it was, it was scary. It was very, very scary. It was terrifying. And, and it, oh man, it broke me. It really, really broke me. And it, it feel like the Lord gave me a revelation for an instant of what it could be like. You know, it's like, man, I love you guys, and I love this ministry, but, man, look around. You know, look around our morning services. Look around in your church. You know, like, maybe every now and then somebody walks in, but, man, the body of Christ, we need to start doing our job. We need to start going out with truth and boldness. Boldness, man. When I first got saved, I used to preach to everybody. I remember I was going to work one morning, and I just saw these two ladies, and I just went up to them. Like, it was 8 o'clock in the morning or something. And I just started talking to them about Jesus, and they thought I was nuts. They thought I was crazy. I don't even know if what I said made sense. But it was like I just needed to talk about Jesus. I just I could not go to sleep at night if I had not talked to someone about Jesus. And I feel like I've gotten comfortable, like, every now and then, man, if I talk to somebody about Jesus, you know, I feel good. If I go out every other Friday, you know, I did my job as a Christian. That's not, that's not the way it works. We need to understand how important it is, how vital, how crucial it is for us to preach the gospel, not just in our ministries, not just at church or, or you know, at, at family functions, but all the time. All the time, preach the gospel. How many times do you see that same person behind the counter, you know, when you go to Starbucks? Man, I, when I used to go to Starbucks, every time I went to Starbucks, I used to talk to someone about Jesus. Every single time. What happened? Why did I stop? Every single time we went to Aldi's, every single time we went out to eat, I just stopped eating out. Every single time I went somewhere, it was Jesus and Jesus only. Where, where in my mind, where in this heart did I, that I think it was any different now? Now that I've been saved a year and eight months, I should be preaching on the street corners. I should be doing it every single night. My fire, my passion, the desire to see people come to the Lord Jesus Christ should grow, should be more, should be amazing. Everybody should be able to see it from a mile away. Where did that passion and desire go? Jared and I were downtown the other day, and we were walking on State Street. We had to go meet with somebody. And, and across the street, we see this woman standing all by herself, reading First Peter out loud in the middle of State Street. That's boldness. That was amazing to me, and that touched my heart. And Jared and I were like, man, we need to be doing that. We need to be out there preaching. That's boldness. This was like... 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and this lady is preaching the gospel. We, we wait. I, I wait. I'm putting this on myself. This is a revelation that was given to me, and I want you to take something today. I want you to understand, and I pray that the Lord God Almighty will give every person in this room that revelation. If you're comfortable, if you've been sitting down, and you've been just letting everybody else do the work, let him open up your eyes today. He has called you. Yes, Lord God, we love you and we adore you. And you love him and you adore him and, and you want more of him and you want to experience him and, and you want him to take you to the next level when you're up here on, at this altar. You know, we want to hear his voice and, 
And we want all of that good stuff. But there's people out there who don't know that. They don't know there's a living God, that, that Jesus Christ came and died on that cross and shed blood, poured blood, was humiliated, was embarrassed for us, for our sins. They don't know that they can come and call on the name of Jesus and be healed. They don't know that, and we need to be the voice. We need to cry out, and we need to preach the gospel at the top of our lungs. Jesus, hallelujah, God Almighty, we are the body of Christ. He works through us. He works through us. He works through us. We need to get over ourselves. We need to get over the bitterness. There we go. I have lots of notes. We need to get over the pride that we have. Whose church is bigger? What ministry is growing the fastest? The church needs to get over itself. The bitterness. Let's talk about the bitterness, the anger, the, the grudges that we have against one another. You know, I heard somebody preaching the other day, and and they said, you know, people need to understand that the church, I don't know if I've shared this here, the church is like a hospital. The hurt come in. The hurt come to the church. The hurt come to Jesus. They know he can heal. The hurt, we are all hurt. We were all broken at one point. Guess what? We are not perfect. The pastor is not perfect. The leaders, the elders, the deacons are not perfect. The person sitting next to you is not perfect. We want to be perfect like the Father is perfect. We desire, we strive, we, we go forth and we say, Jesus, I want to be like you. But we are not like him. It's our desire to please him, to live a pure and a holy life. But we are human and we make mistakes and guess what? You will get hurt. That is why we need to forgive. That is why we need to repent. That is why we need to humble ourselves. The body of Christ needs to humble itself. We need to work together as one. You imagine if all of, all of the churches got together, decided one day, today, we're going to go out and preach the gospel. Today, every single person, you take this corner, you take that corner, take this park and that park. You know how beautiful that would be? You don't think we would see revival when God Almighty would see his church, the body, the bride, working together as one. Jesus. We need to work together as one. Be in unity, in mind, and thought. We need to keep focused on Jesus. When we take our focus off of Jesus, we get, we get thrown off. And we start focusing on all the nonsense. When we focus on Jesus, when we desire Jesus and only Jesus, when we desire to please God Almighty and only God Almighty, we will see him move. We will see him work through us. We need to press on toward the goal. Amen? Philippians 3.12. Jesus, Lord God Almighty. People out there who don't know Jesus, and he is calling us to do this. He is calling us to wake up, to be broken, to cry, to shed tears for them because they are lost. 
They are a lost generation. Philippians 3.12 Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of this, who live according to the pattern we gave you. For I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus. Let's go back right here where it says, For I have often told you before and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. That's my brother. He is an enemy of Jesus Christ. That could be your brother, your sister, your mother. Does that not hurt you? Does that not bring tears to you? We cannot beg anyone to come to Jesus. We cannot be. After that dream, oh, how I wish I could get on my knees and beg my brother and say, accept him. He loves you. How I wish I could make him understand that all his sin will be forgiven. How I wish, how I pray, and how I hope. But he has his own free will. And he will come, I believe, in Jesus' name. But there are people, there are enemies of Jesus Christ. And we work with them. And we see them daily. And we see them at the stores. And it does not bother us anymore. It does not bother us. And if that's you today, I pray that that you cry out for brokenness, that you get a revelation, a little, little tiny bit of revelation of what hell is like, of what hell eternity forever and ever and ever and ever and ever is like. You can't go back. You, You just can't. If you deny him here on this earth, that's it. It's done and over with. And it's our duty it's our it's our privilege to preach the gospel god almighty has had mercy on us and it's our time to bring the truth to the streets to bring the truth to our families to bring the truth to our schools and expect fruit not go out expecting just to plant a seed but expect the fruit to come expect the fruit to come Can we do that? Can we expect it? Can we believe God enough for that? That he will draw in the lost sheep. He will bring them. If we do our job, if we keep our eyes focused on him, if we love him, if we adore him, if we give him our everything, he will bring the fruit. He will remain faithful to us. 
And you say, well, I'm not good enough, or I don't have the words to speak. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That is a lie from the pit of hell, and that is a sin. To fear, to doubt, to be a coward is sin in the eyes of the living God. If you don't trust him enough for that, do you really believe that he is your savior? If you don't trust him enough, let's turn to Revelations. Let's see if I have it right. 21.6 talks about the cowardly. Let's see where the cowardly is placed and who it's placed next to. Let's go up to Revelations 21.6. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him, to him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, somebody say, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all the liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Come on now. It's placed next to murderers. Cowardly. Like, does that even sound right? The cowardly, the unbelieving? Jesus. We need to cry out for boldness like never before. Boldness. We have Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, who fills us up in every way. We can go out with signs and wonders following. Like, that is awesome. That's amazing. What are we waiting for? You know, I keep saying, I bet you, when I go to the missions, man, I'm, when I'm out there in third world countries, man, the, I was talking to Evie about this. The dead will be raised like nothing will stop me. What is holding me back now from seeing that here in the city of Chicago? That is me. That is my flesh. And we need to die to our flesh. We need to put it to death today. This is a challenge to you. This is a challenge to you, to the, to the, to the people, to the bride. We need to start expecting Jesus to move. We need to start believing 100% healing at all times. We need to start believing. That's it. Believe. Believe it. Believe it to be true, Yvette. Believe it to be true, Liz. Believe it to be true, Adam. It can happen. And it will happen. But he is calling us. He is calling each and every person in this room. And if you're in this room and you do not know Jesus, he is calling you. He is calling you to accept him, number one, because he is your Lord and Savior. And it's only through him that you can have eternal life. It's only through him and it's not through Buddha. It's not through any other religion. It's not through a church or a pastor or a minister. It's through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. He has shed blood for you. He cares for you, even if you do not know him. And if you know Jesus, and it's time to lay it all down, anything that you are holding back, we're going to lay it down right here at this altar today. We're going to cry out for brokenness. We're going to cry out that the Lord God will cleanse us of our selfishness today.